0: by the like podcast my name is james strong joined once again by my co-host cody tanner on this victory monday how you doing cody
1: james i'm fantastic i'm good i thought this game was gonna be a lot worse i don't know i can't even i don't know if i can even say that i thought this game was gonna be worse than it was but it also was as bad as i thought it was gonna be but we won so it's weird (laughs) uh yeah i
0: hear
1: you yeah it's a wild time but i'm doing swell james how are you doing
0: Doing all right, man. Doing all right. One day at a time.
1: One day at a time.
0: Kind of like one play at a time, man. One play at a time, too.
1: Yeah. Too many. Too many one play. I don't know. This this game was a lot. (laughs) Okay. We're obviously going to break down the the game against the Ravens. We're also going to go over injuries that happened afterwards, a couple roster moves that have happened since then, and then also discuss how um, you know our three keys to success from last week's show – Actually impacted the game if if those things we talked about impacted the game. And a reminder for you guys: if you have not yet downloaded the app Pro Sports Fans PSF on your phone or tablet or mobile device, whatever you're using, please go download that. Join the Steelers chat room. You can find that fairly easily. Uh, James and I are hosts on that show now, and we will be going live Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. to have kind of like a live interactive discussion with y'all. We call it Monday, or we call it Midweek Mayhem. Uh, Just kind of talking about everything, whether we want to go over film, just talk about, you know, different things. Um, It's just gonna be mayhem, which is why it's midweek mayhem. So we're excited for that. Uh, That starts this week, this Wednesday night at 7pm. So, James, how are, uh, how are the inactives looking? Or how were the inactives looking before the game?
0: I'll tell you what, man, we probably could have predicted a bunch of them on Friday's show because uh, that many guys didn't practice on Friday. Uh, But James Daniels was out. He still had the groin injury. Pat Fryermuth still had the hamstring injury. Uh, Presley Harvin III also still had the hamstring injury. The Marvin Leal was still in concussion protocol. Dan Moore Jr. still had a knee injury. So those guys were all out due to injuries. Uh, Mason Rudolph listed as the third quarterback they keep on showing that on the inactive list but i think that person's actually allowed to play this year so yeah that's like a weird thing but i think he i haven't paid attention to whether or not he's suited up on the sidelines or not but um he was on the inactive list as well and then running back godwin iguibuike it was my turn to say it i made cody say it the last two weeks iguibuike
1: <laughs> that's close enough uh, so, yeah, those guys were right. inactive. That's not anything surprising. We kind of expected most of those. Uh, so, this game happened, James. This this game against the Ravens happened, yeah, and it was a incredibly slow start, per usual, unfortunately.
0: Per the usual. Yeah. Per the usual. That's what we've been up, what, what we've been seeing, you know, whether it be play calling, execution, bad combination of both. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just been very sluggish starts for Pittsburgh recently. Uh, although I'll say that the defense seemed to be a little bit better at the beginning of the game. It mm. seems like a lot of teams have been getting out to fast starts against us.
1: Yeah. Minus uh, that second drive.
0: Yeah. And not to be discounted. The fact that a lot of the Ravens uh, receivers, tight ends, running backs, uh, the whole crew in general really couldn't catch a cold. Uh, there yeah. were a lot of drop passes
1: in this game. A ton. That definitely helped Pittsburgh. Out. Yeah. 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 We, we definitely should have lost that game if Baltimore had caught, all the balls. I think, it, I think it would have been a drastically different game. Um, they for sure would have had at least seven more points, if not more. Um, but again, you know, Pittsburgh started off very slow. The first drive we had only 16 yards. We wound up punting it away. Second drive was a three and out. The drive after that was, I believe, a three and out as well. No, it wasn't a three and out, but it was a, uh, we got one or two first downs and then punted it away again. Didn't really get anything going until uh, late in the, second quarter where we were able to get a field goal. But even then, you know, it, it just felt demoralizing um, to watch our team that, I, again, statistically should be putting up points. They have the, the people, and people say Kenny Pickett isn't him. Kenny Pickett's not the future. Kenny Pickett sucks. Kenny Pickett's had a bad year, sure. But I think we've all come to the conclusion that a large portion of that is, you know, play calling, design plays, where where you're able to throw the ball, and, and maybe even some of it is good coverage. I'll argue that. There were a couple games or a couple of throws this game that everyone was pretty well covered. Like he didn't have a whole lot of options to throw the ball. So and,
0: and I felt like also in this game, Cody, um, there were multiple times where the defender got there before the ball and hit the yep, receiver bad. with no call, especially against um, um Washington, the new Darnell. tight end. Tarnell, a couple of times the, the defender came through him to try to get the ball, uh, blatant pass interference, and it just wasn't called once uh, against them the entire game. Uh, and I felt like it could have easily been called three or four times in this game. Yeah, uh, So he didn't get the benefit of any calls. Um, and I feel like... I wouldn't call Kenny's play bad this far. I'd just call it okay.
1: Yeah. That's you know, fair.
0: a bad bad quarterback performance is when he's throwing more interceptions than touchdowns. He's completing barely 50% of his passes, you know, looking pathetic out there. He's hitting a lot of these guys in the hands just either coverage is tight or defensive pass interference not being called, or he's not getting a a good enough pocket, uh, but he's still completing more than he's incompleting. He's still got more touchdowns than interceptions. I would say that he's doing okay right now. I definitely wouldn't say he's doing bad, in my opinion. Uh, And I felt like this was a better performance than we'd seen in the last few weeks as well out of Kenny. Again, a few of these passes that ended up incomplete easily could have been catches had the defenders been playing within the structure of the rules uh they did not and did not get penalized and then that kind of skews things a little bit but 18 to 32 isn't awful
1: no it's not bad and it could definitely be worse um Mm -hmm. i am just curious i'm looking up some statistics real quick just out of curiosity To kind of see some numbers on the year and and kind of get a feel for where we're at. Uh, Kenny Piggott does have over a 1,000 yards passing on the season. He's just under both Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, but his average per attempt um, is almost a whole yard lower than Lamar. Uh, Again, the biggest thing here for me is the touchdowns and interceptions. He's 5-4, and um, most Mm -hmm. other people above. It's still positive, don't get me wrong. You have freaking C.J. Stroud, who's 7... Touchdowns to no interceptions. But again, just kind of getting a feel for where he's at. Uh passer rating seventy eight point eight. Completion percentage is a fifty-nine point eight. Uh, which is low compared to everyone else in that situation. Everyone everyone else is above sixty in the top, I don't know, twenty five quarterbacks in the league. Even Josh Dobbs is sixty five percent throwing for um whoever the heck he's playing for now. I can't remember. The Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah, he's starting. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Kenny Pickett didn't have a, a a bad game by any means. Again, I think that we're seeing a little bit more happen with his play, like with him doing adjustments and doing different things, um, with the ball, but he was 18 of 32 for this game. Not a great completion percentage. Again, 224 yards, one touchdown, no interception. That's what we're here for though. The one touchdown, yes. no interceptions. Um, so very important. And on that touchdown play again, We've, we've talked about the Matt Canada play calling. If you got to see Matt Canada's response or reaction or lack thereof uh, for that play, it's almost like he didn't – I firmly don't think it was his play call. I think uh, he audibled out of it because he saw man-to-man. And he said, you know, if I see 14 man-to-man, I just go, the ball's going to him. And he did it three times that I can think of. Right sideline, left sideline, the right sideline for the touchdown. And George Pickens making plays.
0: Yeah. And Kenny said in his interview after the game – Uh, that they had realized that the Ravens had a tendency of in that down and distance kind of situation uh, of going cover zero, which means there's no safety help. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's one-on-one on on the outside and he knows it and he recognized it. And as soon as he saw that, that's what he had. That's where he wants to take his shot. And that's where he excels at taking his shot. And I'm glad he's taking those shots, man. He needs to, because that's what's going to open up the rest of the field for everybody else. You know, when we get Deontay Johnson back, which I, I think there's a decent chance of him being able to come back after the bye week. Uh, he's going to be able to really work in that open area underneath uh, that Calvin, Calvin Austin, the third and, and Pickens are going to be able to open up by just going deep. They're going to have to send a safety with him because when you don't send a safety, that's what happens. You get beat. Uh, so. I like it. I'm with Cody on this whole Matt Canada play call thing. You know, you, you see the celebration of every single staffer in that that press box except for Matt Canada. He looks like he had no idea what was happening. I think at the very least, if this was Canada's call, the the receiver that Kenny threw it to, George Pickens, that was successful for the touchdown was not the first option and probably not the second option on the play design either. Uh, I think that's probably if it if it was his call, that's why he was confused as to why he's going deep to that guy <laughs> when everybody else is looking at it like, oh, George is open. Hey, touchdown. And he's just like, I said to dump it off to the tight end
1: there. Yep. Or I called a run-up-the-middle play
0: or (laughs) whatever whatever it was. Yep. he's looking at somebody else that's like two yards behind the line of scrimmage instead of the guy that's 40 yards downfield going for a touchdown.
1: And all I can think of is is processing through what what would give him that reaction. And And I honestly think, and I'm not saying I'm right, but this is just what I'm thinking. I think he knew that his butt was on the hot seat. I think he knew he was potentially out as the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers and potentially still is. And I think if you send a call down and like, under like people need to understand, like I I'm 90% sure Tomlin can hear the play call. Um, and maybe he can't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that works. I think Tomlin has the ability to hear everything that's yeah. kind of being talked about and they can change different channels when it's on defense. and They're talking to Cole Holcomb or talking to Kenny Pickett, whatever it is. Um, I firmly think that he's like, oh crap, the play that I called didn't didn't run or didn't happen the way I wanted it to, and then we just scored a touchdown. I think he still thinks he's on the way out. That's the only way that that facial reaction or lack thereof or whatever was makes sense in my mind, is he's like, oh, we just scored and it wasn't on something that I called. Like, okay, yeah,
0: that actually makes a lot of sense. You're the first person I've heard to say it that way. Mm-hmm. That you know, if that wasn't his call and Tomlin knew it wasn't call that might have been the oh crap I just lost my job thought yeah <laughs> you know Kenny hey. just audible out of my call it scored a touchdown and that might have just cost me my job
1: yeah and he's the way he, he looks where you know Pickens was he looks at Pickett he, he's I think he's just dumbfounded because he doesn't he didn't see it like he yeah I don't know. I don't know what to say or what to do about the whole situation. I really hope that Matt Canada is gone. I'm not going to lie. I think even if we get the same productivity at, at what we would, if we, at this rate we're three and two now with a full season, we'd be nine and eight, another 50% hmm. season, uh, 500. 10 and seven probably. Yeah. 10 and seven, whatever it is. Um, That's, that's not enough for me. That's not enough, and that shouldn't be enough for Pittsburgh. They're a valued franchise. They're a historic franchise. They're known for winning. We've been a fi- above 500 team for so long, but at this point, with the stats that rack up against Matt Canada, and I'm not trying to make this a Bash Matt Canada podcast today. I'm really not. But the fact that we haven't had a 400-yard game, every single other team in the NFL has had at least four. It's just crazy. It's, lot, man. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm happy that Kenny Pickett saw something. Kenny Pickett noticed it. He, he said it before the game about one on, if I see one-on-one, I'm going to get it to him. And he said it after the game, you know, He, he was recognizing plays. He's watching film. He's doing his part. I hope to see that continue on again. Kenny Pickett, uh, solid game from him, even though he had some miscues early on. I think a couple guys he tried to hit, they had, they weren't on the same page, um, stuff like that. But again, I think it was an overall good, I think this was one of his better games so far this year.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to give him credit too for the fact that he doesn't have Deontay Johnson or Pat Fryermuth in this game. You know, mm-hmm. how much better does it get with having those two guys uh, who, you know, Deontay is a former Pro Bowl receiver, yep. uh, Pat Fryermuth second tight end in nfl history to have 60 plus catches in his first two years in the league this isn't just like two starters on the offense this is two high caliber starters that they were missing and we're still able to get some offense together and still make some things happen uh not to mention down your starting left tackle and right guard too yep. uh, so i mean that's that's significant and they were able to pull some things together, you know. Uh, moving on to the running game, it wasn't impressive in this game by any means. But it also wasn't devastatingly awful. Nope. But- they moved the ball. They a- they averaged three and a half yards of carry on the game. Um, we got to see better out of it. But it seems like it's every other week now. One week, Jalen's the better runner. The next week, Najee's the better runner. And you never know what you're going to get each week. Uh, one thing is consistent. Jalen is... Definitely the better receiver out of the two. Yes, uh, but he's also the more fumble prone out of the two. Yeah. But <laughs> so I also, it's like a real mixed bag right now with these two.
1: I'll say this about Jalen out of the backfield receiving: uh, I feel like he's noticed less when he does that. I think Najee. Najee can't get away with hiding in the crowd on screenplays or this no, or that. Right, he's massive. Yeah. Jalen Warren, yeah. you lose track of him because he's so small. Um yep. and, 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 and and he's say, great at not getting tackled in the open field. Yep. It, it
0: always takes a second or third guy to get him down.
1: Even a, that one run play that he had where he spun off the tackle, like Jalen is running hard and he is gonna get paid by somebody. And I don't know if it's Pittsburgh or not, but he is he at this point has team. I mean, I guarantee you teams would probably trade us if they were in a running back situation. Most teams are fairly decent on running backs right now. But someone would give up a third or fourth for him at this point with what he's proven.
0: And if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not interested in that. No, they'll tell you. I'm why. not either. Because this is Najee's third season. So next year is the fourth and final year of his rookie deal. Is he playing well enough to give him the fifth-year option? Some would say probably not. I mean, that's gonna cost you a good nine or ten million dollars if you give him that fifth-year option. That's yeah, that's the way those work. So Next year could be Najee's last year. And if that's the case, you're giving the money to Jalen, man. He's younger. He's yeah. younger and he's more explosive. I think I think Jalen's working himself into a long-term payday in Pittsburgh as the the feature back. And I think he's smart enough to understand that he just needs to buy his time. Um also I would like to say on that 16-yard run that he had. Uh, shout out to George Pickens as he pancaked the corner opposite him and then came back and picked off the safety. Isn't, <laughs> and, isn't it the one he almost got
1: flagged for, like, unnecessary roughness? Uh, maybe.
0: I'm not sure. I, I know he was flexing afterwards, so <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, George not only had an extremely good – Uh, game as a receiver he had a great game as a blocker and then he had one end around for 16 yards too Uh, so also a good game as a runner uh and it's nice just to see another guy that's able to do these jet sweeps and end arounds with success uh and show some ability to to hit the crease find the open area and turn it downfield uh like calvin austin can so now that you got two guys that can do that you can start alternating who's going in jet motion and really keep people on their toes
1: yeah uh, on the receiving end, last week we talked about how poorly the receiving was. Uh, stats were a- along the lines of nobody had plays, anything, nothing. It I mean, all there running was backs. yeah, it was yeah. horrible. George Pickens, mm-hmm. six receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. It's right, man. <laughs> George had himself one heck of a game. Uh, so uh, you you can't really underestimate how much of an impact it is when your your marquee your number 1 dude has that kind of impact on a game man uh so just incredible performance from George uh averaging 21 yards a reception is is absolutely incredible man uh so hats off to him he worked his butt off for it he won the one on one opportunities and he showed that the corners there can't cover him that's great for them in the, in the next matchup, man, because then they're going to come into it and say, who do we put our top corner on? Is it on George Pickens or Deontay Johnson? Well, you put your number two corner on Deontay Johnson, he's going to have a really good game. I'll tell you that right now. And then if Calvin Austin third is actually healthy, because realistically he got that that head injury in the first quarter and then missed a lot of the rest of the game, didn't come back until like late third, early fourth. Yep. Uh, so you're running without him as well for a good portion of this game. If you've got all three of them healthy on the next matchup, uh, you really might be able to open up the skies and really start uh, passing the ball quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just love the fact that we got the ball spread out this week. Allen Robinson had a good game, five receptions, 29 yards. We'll take that. Connor Hayward, three for 23. Najee had one for three. But again, the the big thing here for me personally um, is Kenny's ability to just find the open guy at, at least especially late in this game, he did a phenomenal job of not forcing passes. And even when you could, I mean, you could say he forced the ones to to George Pickens, but they were still like back shoulder throws, throws where he could, like the one was over the top where only he could get it. They were really, really good throws. And I was very proud and happy to see that kind of like progression from last week where he just felt off. And I think it's yeah. confidence. He's building confidence back up. Mm -hmm. So
0: important, man, you gotta have it, gotta have it. These guys have to feel good about it when they go out there on the field. Uh, So now they're going to get to go into a bye week thinking about it Uh, real quick. And I don't know if this is the right place to mention it or if in the special team section is the right place to mention it, but tight end Rodney Williams, man, (laughs) what a game. Not only does he recover the blocked punt and almost get it in the end zone for a touchdown. Very, very close. Um, when Gunner Olszewski fumbled that ball, who was the guy that tracked down the guy that recovered it and kept him out of the end zone? That was Rodney Williams, man. Uh, so incredible A-plus effort from this basically fourth string tight end on special teams. Yep. This, is, this is something we talked about going into the game. That is, if we knew he got elevated for the game – And we said, this guy was really good on special teams in the preseason. Was he good as a tight end? Yes, but he was really good on special teams, man. He got an A plus from me on special teams in this week's game.
1: Yeah. Um, on the offensive line, if if we want to go to that aspect real quick, um, I thought it was some of the better blocking we've seen this year. I don't want to say it was phenomenal, but Broderick Jones, uh, I thought played a phenomenal game. And then I thought Herbig nice didn't... Game. Yeah, and Herbig didn't come in looking like a, a slump or like he got bullied or anything. He held his own. No. Um, yeah, Herbig was fine. The, and again, the sacks that we did give up, which I think was four or five, maybe. I'm not sure. Um. I can probably find out here. One, two, three. So three sacks. Um. I felt like most of the a lot a large portion of those were coverage sacks. I mean, Kenny just didn't have anywhere to get the ball to on those few plays. Yeah. So I, I overall was satisfied with how the offensive line played, and I there's one thing that bugged me, James, and this might you might feel the same way, might not. Um, there yeah, were a couple times where they walked away from a running back after he ran the ball. You know, block form, block form, block form, and then oh, the play's over. Let's go back to the line. Help your players yeah. up.
0: Like, yeah, especially I,
1: running back, especially running backs. I remember when, when teams stopped doing that for big Ben and uh, who was it? Ramon foster got involved and was like, this is ridiculous. Like if your quarterback gets sacked, yeah. don't just look around and feel stupid or whatever, help your quarterback up. It's yeah, the same thing. Up. Yeah. I mean,
0: and it was Kevin Dotson that ended up being the one that took pride in that, picking him up. Yep, Ironically. So.
1: I want to see more of that moving forward. Um, I don't have anything else about the offensive line of you, unless you do.
0: No, just briefly, I thought that Broderick really represented himself pretty well. Uh, not an um, extreme test for him, True. I would say. Uh, but that was kind of the whole point of not letting him start the first three weeks. You know, they weren't going to do that. And I don't know if they would even let him start in this game if it wasn't for Dan Moore going down. Yeah, I think the plan was probably to transition to him after the bye. I think that when Dan Moore is healthy from the knee injury, we'll probably still have Broderick Jones out there. And that's what I want to see. Yep, It's time for him to continue. He earned it. Um, He he waited, and we saw enough. (laughs) And and let's be real, man. When they ran to the left, there was some success uh, because him and Darnell Washington can move people, man.
1: Yes. Yes, they absolutely can. Um, Defensive side of the ball, let's talk the guys up front. Um, First off and foremost, I thought – I really thought Montrevious Adams had a quiet, good game. I felt like he mm-hmm. had some, maybe, maybe you disagree. The The few plays that I saw, um, I felt like he actually had good push through the line and he wasn't getting bullied or beat off the ball. I'm not saying he had great pursuit lines or anything, but I, he wasn't getting beat to the point where they had gaping holes for touchdowns. I do. I don't know who got beat. Somebody got beat really bad on the one touchdown run from Justin Hill, but I wasn't able to see who that was thinking back to it now.
0: Yeah, I don't recall offhand who got beat on that one. Uh, But I'm with you. I think that Adams had himself a decent game. Keanu Benton, again, represented himself very well, this time getting the start on the defensive line, uh, which is excellent. Now, this is basically in Cam Hayward's spot. Uh, So defense and slash defensive tackle, they're calling it. Uh, But, yeah, nice game out of Benton, really showing his, his growing strength and then uh, the final starting defensive lineman Larry Joby, in this game. What tremendous hustle on that mm. play to run down the running back and then strip that ball loose and force the fumble, man. Uh, you know, Larry is not putting up the numbers this year. Nope. You know, he's got one sack in the first five games, uh, but that forced fumble really showed some good heart. Um, that buys a couple more weeks for me. yeah i'll try not to complain about him because that was excellent effort in showing that that lead by example you're the veteran of this defensive line unit that's what cam always does every single game is all hard after every single play downfield larry showed that by example you want to see it out of the young guys watch the old guys do it because then the young guys are going to do it so uh love to see that uh and great effort there from larry
1: yeah yeah, I love that. Um, who picked up that fumble? Was it KZ? It was KZ. Um, Might have been. I'm not, not sure. I'm 90% sure it was KZ. But I, I was proud of even th- them. The defense tried to get him back up and run. Like, they recognized that he wasn't touched yet or down, and they tried to get up and run Grant. He was tackled immediately, but that's fine. Like, the awareness of that and to not just drop the ball or, like, celebrate was like, yeah. big for me. I don't know why I'm so scared of that right now. I think I've seen too much with the Chase Claypool and Roosevelt oh, Nick celebrations yeah. before. We should have been celebrating. Um, the let's talk about the 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 meat of our defense. I'll call it the linebackers. First off, Landon Roberts had a phenomenal game. Um,
0: yeah, best game he's had yet. I feel like they put him in the right position though. Right? They did. You put him in there on rundowns and let him do his thing against the run. Don't put him out there on pass plays. He's just not good at it. Uh, so let him go be a thumper. That's where he's best.
1: Yeah. there were, uh, Was he the one that made sure to get um, Lamar Jackson down when TJ took out the running back? I don't know if that was him or No, it was
0: Quan. Quan. You're right.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep.
0: Quan got that sack. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of linebackers that had a nice game, let's just stay in the middle linebacker room, man, because uh, Quan Alexander was all over the place. Yep. And a week after getting just absolutely abused uh, by running back screens and tight end screens over and over and over, Quan uh, blew him up.
1: Oh, the way he oh, picked he that one screen up, him. too.
0: Oh. Yeah. Just. It's, that's what you want to see, man. So this is this is beautiful. We're starting to see progression in the right way. Um, are you always going to be able to use these guys in the right situation? You're going to guess wrong sometimes. Yeah. And you're going to end up in situations where Landon Roberts is trying to cover Darren wall or some crazy thing like that. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, but if you're able to try to get them in the right positions, using Landon in your base, use Quan in the nickel, you know, let these guys do what they're best at. Uh, you're getting good results that way. You know, even Cole Holcomb was highly involved in this game. Uh, and he, he contributed as well. Nine tackles in the game for Cole. That's a pretty, pretty serious output. Same with Minka Fitzpatrick. Again, both yeah, had, had nine team tackles. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> Minka on his way to 150 tackles this season. The way Jeez. he's going, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. It's very <laughs> crazy. Um, we're bouncing around between secondary, about the line. outside boys, huh? the outside boys, outside linebackers. Yeah, Alex yeah, let's talk
0: about these outside linebackers.
1: Alex Highsmith, outside of his, the, I think he he just over pursued down on the one touchdown run and was able. The running back was able to run right between him and the and the left guard or left tackle, excuse me. Um, Alex Highsmith, phenomenal game. He had a sack. T.J. Watt had two sacks. He's on on pace to still, I think, break the record right now. I don't think, I don't know. I'm not gonna say he's gonna break. Yeah, he's it, got eight he's and five pace.
0: games, so it would be over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quan Alexander had a sack. To not to go back to him as well. Um, which was I, I think that was a run play, but I don't know. I think they gave it to him as a sack. It wasn't a designed run. I get it.
0: No, no, no. TJ almost had him in the backfield, and he he started running forward, and Quan got him okay. before he could get to the line of scrimmage. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, it might have kind of looked like a run, but it was definitely a pass play where he was scrambling out of it. Yeah. Uh, attempting to anyway. Highsmith had the uh, and sack let's fumble. Not fumble. Yeah, let's not undersell that strip sack from Alex, man, because he just seems to have this, this knack for in key situations stepping up and getting that strip sack. And I thought, man, I thought we were going to see another – uh, tj watt touchdown man i wanted it looked it. like it was gonna be some deja vu happening again of him scrambling into the end zone go ahead
1: let's talk about this for a second what was this move by lamar jackson he tried to smack him in the hand or something when when <laughs> tj sure, watt was gonna out of his hands? i don't know tj watt i wish tj watt would have ran him into the ground that would've been so fun to see. Um, yeah,
0: you'd have just been fined for it. Probably. Whatever. Whatever.
1: Yeah. He, he's already gonna get fined for taking his helmet off on the field. That's fine. Um, on that, on that. If he doesn't get fined for the punch, that's true. He did punch a dude in the face, and then he took his helmet off in the last play. But-
0: he was clearly trying to punch the ball loose, which he has been fined for previously, uh, but he's fine with paying the fine. He totally missed and
1: hit the dude in the chin on the one play. Uh, it, it hurt. <laughs> I guarantee you it hurt TJ more than it hurt the other dude, so it's fine. Don't yeah. don't find him yeah. for that.
0: Yeah, those chin guards are really, really thick, hard plastic, so he was fine. Trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: oh. Secondary. Yeah, so, I mean, this is – would game on the line – our outside linebackers, once again, just came through in the club. And it was the last two possessions, too. It's it like, the it's last like two two when possessions. they know That's they have it. to do
1: it. It's, it's like a different mm-hmm. gear gets engaged. Um, yep. Gotta, gotta love these young guys. Speaking of young guys, let's talk secondary for a hot second. Put, put yourself in this situation, okay? James, I, I'm going to talk about this audience, if you're listening, watching, however you're, you're taking this information in. Picture this for a second. You are a rookie cornerback who your father was a phenomenal all-time player for a certain team, that certain team drafts you 32nd overall. We all know who I'm talking about. I'm still not going to name the name yet. Uh, You watch your team struggle for the first few games of the season. You have now a chance uh, to get the start late in the game because another guy keeps getting burned. We won't say names there, even though we talked about it earlier. Wallace. And so so now you have this opportunity and you're excited and your team's getting the ball back. You're watching this punt return and boom, fumble, the the fourth string tight end makes a good tackle. They have the ball. They're they're gonna try it. the other team's gonna try and score to go up two two scores, three scores at that point. I think it's two. Um, or maybe it was just to go up in general. No,
0: they would have just yeah, they would have gotten back in the lead. Yeah. Pittsburgh was in the lead at the time.
1: And you get the call and you get the one on one man coverage against Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, the man, the myth, the legend, the one hand catcher, all this bull crap, the hype, whatever. And uh that fade gets thrown your way. And it's a is a don't get me wrong, it's a shit ball. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was not the greatest thrown ball. Uh but
1: But you get the frickin' pick, man. Yeah. Oh Joey Porter Jr. man got me hyped up this game for one play and one play only that's yeah. fine. Great play.
0: Yeah, but he got an increased amount of snaps in this play. For the first time, it wasn't just in dime defense that he was playing. He was playing in some base and some nickel as well. Uh, And he's earned it, man. And he showed it there in a crucial situation where, you know, they started with the ball in like the 15 for crying out loud. They're trying to punch it in for a touchdown. And Joey says, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh, man. And then I love how he went to the sideline and this is his first career interception. And what does he do? He hands the ball to Mike Tomlin. He says, here you go, coach. I got it back for you. I love it. I love it, man. I hope to God they start them coming out of the bye.
1: I do too. <laughs> um, there was, I don't know if it was an accurate quote or not, but it, there was something said that uh, he had something to say to OBJ after this interception that said something about, Go be a family man or something. Now I don't quote me on that. I don't know if it's right, but someone said you know he he was keeping up with the tradition of his father, trash talking players. The only reason that I don't believe that, quite frankly, is because I think Ob. Is. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I think OBJ, knowing who he is, would have reacted to that, and there would have been some kind of scuffle. Um, but I am curious if he said anything to OBJ or whatever. But again, great play for. For him, for Joey Porter Jr., his first career NFL interception. That it was not in preseason. To clarify, he had one in preseason. Yeah, um, great play for him. Was super happy. Huge moment for him, for sure. So, yeah.
0: And we've been talking all all season long about how corners have struggled. You know, Levi Wallace has had his struggles. Pat Peterson, good at times, struggling at other times. Yep. We needed to see something, and he's the only one that could do it. Like, we kind of know what we have in James Pierre already. He's that back of the roster outside corner that you can't put inside in the slot. Joey has the potential to be a number one corner. That's why you draft him at 32nd overall. Uh, And I'm so proud and happy for the young man to get that opportunity. Uh, Do you know what cornerback rated out number one in pass coverage in the entire NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, from this last weekend, Cody?
1: Joey Porter Jr.
0: Joy Porter Jr. over a ninety percent. they grade him like ninety-one point something, man. Highest rated corner in the NFL after this last season. Just on this last last weekend. Edit.
1: We take that. We take that here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we need
0: it, man. Now let's get Cory Trice back. <laughs> yeah, please.
1: Um, we, we obviously talked about uh Minka Fitzpatrick again having leading the tackle leading the team in tackles. He had nine this game along with Cole Holcomb. Uh got super involved. I, I was just happy there was some time like Patrick Peterson had a good breakup that could have easily been um a big play to to go back for a second. TJ Watt had a good breakup on a pass that he knocked down at the line of scrimmage. Uh he had
0: two over on the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, two pass defenses defended. Uh Joey Porter had one on top of the interception. And then I think Cole Holcomb had one. Levi Wallace had one, even though again Levi Wallace got torched for the most part today. Um a huge thank you to Zay Flowers, uh, and uh, the receiving core of the <laughs> Ravens. They didn't catch a couple balls. Zay Flowers fell a couple times. It was a good time. It was a great time. Uh, Nelson Aguilar dropped a touchdown in the end zone. So, although we got the win, I, I still the personal thank you out to those guys who did not catch the ball when they probably should have. Um, but overall, good game. And then Demonte KZ. Speaking of you know secondary linebacker or secondary and safeties. He had that fumble recovery, which was huge, um yeah, so he was involved a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that went right late in the game for Pittsburgh. Yeah.
0: yep, yeah, let's move on to the special teams units uh and specifically, I'm gonna say we already talked about uh the the tight end and what an awesome job Rodney Williams game. Yeah. um, I felt like Chris Boswell again. Coming Pause. through in the clutch, didn't miss a kick again. Pause for president. Uh, I've been trying not to say it, but he's been awesome so far this season. I'm not going to say how many made versus missed. I'm just going to say look it up yourself if you're not aware of it. He's having a very <laughs> nice season so far. Good news <laughs> is he, uh, can't Wing, he can't miss next
1: weekend. He can't miss next weekend.
0: He can't miss next weekend. It's not an option. Yeah, With that bye week coming up, that's that's not an option. So, uh, And Brad Wing, I felt like, represented himself well as also. Uh, so I don't think we have anything to complain about from the special
1: teams units. No, we, we do. Kick return. Well, yeah. Punt return, one guy, punt return. the
0: same guy who, who is at this point, like, I don't know if I should go off
1: on this. If you should go, please do. I go, I go off on me. enough people. This is all you. <laughs> okay.
0: This is my turn. Gunnar Olszewski is not rosterable. I don't care about his effort blocking as a wide receiver. Uh, he's small. He doesn't have breakaway speed. He doesn't ever show you anything as a return man. or He is not in Pittsburgh. But one thing he has very consistently done as a return man for Pittsburgh is fumble the doggone ball. And it's just not acceptable, man. It is not acceptable. We bench people for that. I don't want him as my emergency punt return man if he's going to fumble it every time he does it. Put Desmond King in there. uh, Put Minka back there. I don't care. Anyone other than Gunner at this point, I really hope that with the changes that we keep on hearing about, one of them is sacking up and saying this guy isn't good enough to be on the roster because he's just not, man. Bring back Des Fitzpatrick and let him try and return kicks if need be. And I know why they they put him out there. It was because Calvin Austin the third got into concussion protocol. And you're not gonna march him back out there when you're already wondering whether concussion to possibly take another big hit on a punt return. You're not doing that. I get that. But we need a better plan B because this is a really bad plan B. Not like a good value one that you get at the grocery store. Like this is a bad plan B As a return, man.
1: It's a bad plan B. That is correct. Um, so with that being said, um, that kind of wraps up the game. You know, again, Pittsburgh won late. Uh, no, it doesn't wrap up the game. Excuse me, because I'm going to go off on something real quick. I th- and James, James, you're with me on this. We've already talked about it a little bit. I think that the play calling on the one of the last drives was absolutely horrendous and horrible, and it was basically saying, "I'm too scared." And this even makes more sense to me that that he already thinks he's losing his job, and he's just, or or maybe he thought because they're going to win that he doesn't lose his job, so he's playing it safe. When you get the ball back and your defense stands up and and performs well, gets you the ball back in a healthy position you're already in field goal range and you choose to kneel the ball three times in a row to basically say, here's the ball back. You know, sure. We're going to kick a field goal. That's not hundred percent certain. You're going to make, I understand we have a good, a good kicker, but you're not guaranteed to make that kick. So then you're only up four points instead of seven, if you miss, and then you're only up a touchdown and an extra point, if you even make it and then still giving the ball back to the team. The fact that on that first to last drive, we didn't even try to get a first down. We chose to kneel it while they still had timeouts, while the, it was not going to get the play or the game clock down to zero. And then we had a false start, start or something. I can't remember what exactly yeah. that, that stopped the clock completely. Choose,
0: he, he lined up wrong. Of all things, illegal formation, he lined yep. up wrong. Are you kidding me? Yeah. like Straight cheeks, bro. Those play calls were straight cheeks awful you have to try to run the ball there because all you got to do is get a first down game and over. it's game over over but it was simple math they had two timeouts there was over a minute left the play clock is 48 seconds you knew that best case scenario even if you were able to run the entire 48 second play clock off after the third play of kneeling it three consecutive times you're still going to leave them 15 seconds and that's too much time ask the buffalo bills uh they don't like talking about it 13 seconds is enough time Uh, so you can't do that you gotta try to run the ball to at least run a couple extra seconds off the clock per play even if you don't get the first down you're gonna take three or four seconds off per play instead of only taking one second off per play now you're gonna leave them with like four seconds at the end of it if you don't get it
1: yeah yeah, like
0: it's just you got to at least try in that situation. I'm 100% with Cody on this. I did not like the kneel downs there. As soon as they started doing it, I was saying it's its it, the math doesn't work, man. No, no, it doesn't work. You got to try to run here.
1: Yeah, it was horrible. The one thing I'll say as as before as we enter the bye week before we talk about injuries and a few other things real quick. Uh, going into the bye week, Pittsburgh is in third place somehow in the AFC. Chiefs are in first, (laughs) Dolphins are in second, and then the Steelers. Uh, There's a handful of three and two teams. We are the team with the best divisional record, Uh, so we are three and two. We take that here. Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Baltimore. Uh, We will continue moving forward. Injuries, James. You want to talk injuries real quick?
0: Yeah, injuries. We lucked out and didn't have any major ones. Finger early in the game was able to continue playing uh, and get two sacks later on as he went on Calvin Austin the third went into concussion protocol was evaluated for one I should say not protocol was evaluated for a early in concussion early in the game he cleared he did not get one in the game now sometimes when this happens symptoms creep up on Monday or Tuesday Uh, so I would say we'll let you know Uh, later on in the week when we do our next show whether or not it looks like anything did creep up because they'll start talking about that in the injury report so we'll see Uh, and then Larry Ogunjobi had a stinger early in the game but was able to continue and come back in the game so uh, I like where Pittsburgh's at in the injury situation and we're going to learn a lot more in the next week or so but I think there's a real possibility that we're going to see Deontay Johnson back Anthony McFarlane back uh, and maybe even Cam Hayward as well
1: Maybe Pat Friermuth. And Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Yeah, excited to get those guys back. Middle. It yeah. could be huge. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, Pittsburgh did sign a fullback, Jack Coletto, uh, to the practice yeah. squad, and they also released a fullback, Xander Horvath, and then they also released mm-hmm. uh, punter Brad Wing. Now, that is a sad day for Brad Wing, but a happy day for Pittsburgh Steelers fans and Presley Harvin third. That means he's probably going to be healthy enough to come back and play. After the bye week, uh, but Brad wing, thank you for your services, sir, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We will see you on the next one. So for sure. Yep.
0: Don't be surprised if they bring them back again for insurance. No, they absolutely not. They like to do that as the season goes on. They like to have a, a punter on the practice squad. Uh, also notice that they released two guys, but only signed one. That to me means that we've got a move coming up here. Uh, we'll see. They don't have to do anything right away, but if there's somebody that looks like they're ready to going to come off of pract of the uh, uh, injured reserve, uh, you've already got the the corresponding move on the practice squad, and then you can just bump somebody down from the fifty three back down. Yep. You know, so we'll see. Could easily be a uh, demotion, like say maybe um, the Rodney Williams. I might go right back down to the practice squad. I can see that happening very easily. Yep. I would much rather see just a straight-up termination of Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, that would really make me happy, personally. Yep. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We're, we're not done. We got lots to tell you guys about uh, in the future episodes here. So next week is bye week. That does not mean we're not recording. We're still going to give you a show Friday. It's probably going to be an abbreviated one. So it's a good time for you to submit any questions if you have any, Uh, because we'll have time to talk about it. There's not going to be as much to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we'll be talking more a little bit about how our first show does on the Pro Sports Fans app. Make sure you download that. Join us on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We will be on there live. We'll be on – I think we'll be live actually right at 7. Um, I was debating on early or not, but I think that's only for games. We have to start a little early. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, uh, like, and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free, doesn't cost you a thing. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off.
0: Peace.